Now entering Nerdist.com. Hey, Naughty Monkeys. This episode of the Sex Nerd Sandra podcast is brought to us by AdamandEve.com. Go to AdamandEve.com, type in promo code SEXNERD at checkout, and you receive 50% off almost any item in the store. You get free shipping, free DVDs, and a super secret little gift. That's a lot of good stuff. Uh, so this week, I went to a an industry-only sex toy show, which is so much fun. So many blow-up dolls. I can't even... So many blow-up dolls. Um, but I went over to the Fun Factory tent, and I said hi to all the lovely people at Fun Factory, which is a German high-quality sex toy company, and they gave me a Stronic toy. Now... I don't know if I've talked about Astronic before. This toy does not vibrate, but it does move. Uh, the first time I held it, it felt like there was a weight inside that kept getting just shoved against the tip, uh, resulting in a kind of thrusting motion that the toy has. And so it's it's strange when you, when you turn it on and just rest it in your open palm. And it has a mind of its own. It's so... It's strange. It's a... Ah, it's a new kind of toy. And some people... I'm hearing really good things about this thing. So, it retails at 200 AdamandEve.com currently has uh, one style. I'm hoping they get more soon. And I highly recommend you go on there and just check it out because it's pretty neat. The Fun Factory Stronic Pulsator for $199.99. All right, again, that's AdamandEve.com. We have our own promo code, SEXNERD. Type it in. You get 50% off almost anything in the store, free shipping, three free DVDs, and a super secret gift. All right, this was a silly, silly episode with Reed Mahalko and Matt Kirshen. I quite enjoyed it. I would describe it as a philosophical jaunt across the countryside of sex. That's how I would describe this kind of episode. Yeah, they're different kinds. Different kinds. Quick note, if you are in San Francisco at the end of the month, I will be teaching January 27th. It's a Monday. It'll be Boning 101 over at Good Vibes in San Francisco. Go to goodvibes.com. It's the Polk Street location. Grab your ticket. Um, Actually, tickets are going really fast, so you should do that soon. And then, Wednesday to the 29th, I'm back in Los Angeles for teaching a free blowjob class over at the Pleasure Chest in Los Angeles. And if you want a Sex Nerd Saunders podcast t-shirt to delight your friends and frighten your neighbors, go to sexnerdsaunders.merchtable.com. All right, you crazy kids. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Sex Nerd Sandra podcast. Whoa, what are all these kids doing in here? Hey, if you're under 18, go ask your mom. Now that we're alone... Let's start the show. Oh my god, you guys. Uh, hey, Naughty Monkeys. Uh, Sandra Doherty here. I am about to talk to two very handsome gentlemen about the art of hand pleasuring. That doesn't mean pleasuring someone's hands, although I guess, I, mean, I don't know. No. It's using your hands to make someone feel really good. Which I think is a completely underappreciated art form. So we're talking about high-fiving? Yes, with the genitals. Oh, and you should do it not as hard, usually the first time, unless they ask for it, because it's surprising when you just feel like, smack! Yeah, uh, I like you. <laughs> you can't do it like when teams line up at the end of the game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they just go good along game. the line. Good game, good game, but turn around. Just like... 
So, Reed Mahalko, hello. Welcome Hi, back to the show. Sandra. Hi. It's good to see you again. It's good to see you too. And it's great to be to be here in the uh, at Meltdown. Because I don't, I don't get here that often. No, no. And I actually haven't been here for over a month because uh, really? of the tour and everything. So I haven't been here. And you found out last night that I used to be a comic book artist a long time ago. Dude, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, I had so no idea. What did you used to draw? Um, well, I, I interned at Marvel Comics during college. I went to Brown University and was doing fine art and then took all my classes at Rhode Island School of Design and then interned at, at Marvel. So I was just kind of a big comic geek. Now I turned sex educator. Ooh, everything. Do you still draw capes in all the diagrams? In, in my mind. And actually, I'm <laughs> wearing a cape around my genitals <gasps> right now. Photos or it didn't happen. I've named my penis Batman. Oh, I'll scare you. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> um, like, just, I'm, it makes me speechless. I get a little speechless. Because I imagine that you're like, I am the knight. Open your heart. I will become a penis. (laughs) Oh, Um, don't tell me your penis saw his parents murdered. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no! That's awesome. Uh, Wait, tell people, after comic books, what do you do in the world? Uh, I'm a sex and relationship geek. I travel around the country lecturing and teaching workshops and creating stuff online so that people can have less shame and more self-expression and more fun and more sexual self-confidence in bed and Mm. out. Yeah, you were just on the road for 32 days straight, right? Yeah, I was, I was doing a big tour. Yeah. Um, lectured in Canada and was in New York and Austin, Texas, and like all over the place. It was kind of like jumping back and forth around the country. And now I'm in L.A. for a couple of days. Yay. And then I go to New York to actually throw a key party. Um, for swingers? No, for a theater company, for the Looking Glass Theater. It's really like the things that people ask me to do, it's hilarious. Is it sexual? They have a new play coming out, and I'm going to be horrible and not remember the name of it, um, that's about uh, open relationships and open marriage. And so they just contacted me because they're like, well, we want to have a... Like the show, and then like uh, an after party thing, and we're thinking since this is about open marriage, could you like create like a a modern day key party? You know, and for those of you not who don't know what key parties are, it was kind of a thing from the seventies and and early eighties where swingers would get together and everyone would throw their car keys into a bowl, and then the women would pick the keys out of the bowl and would go home with whoever Mm -hmm. whose set of keys they they picked. I would totally check out everyone's keys yeah. first. And there's a movie with Kevin Klein and Susan Sarandon, I think, where Key Party was in it. It was Ang Lee's, one of Ang Lee's first movies. I'm pointing at you. And You're pointing at you. Readers can't You're looking at the one that's just got like a padlock for yeah. a, like a bike lock or something. I did exactly. that. <laughs> it's just a key to like a, just a yeah, your bike lock. It's awesome. Yeah, I'll like and then they, 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 have to, they have to sit on the handlebars and you ride home. <laughs> Anyone with an ET fetish, that's good, right? Exactly. Yeah, well, this is where I'm just enjoying. I'm just. I'm not in a hurry. It's fine. Hi, hi, hey. hi Matt. Hey, how's it going? Who's that voice? It's Matt. Hi, Matt. Hey, um, Matt. Ker- wait, Kershen. Hey. It's Kershen. Kershen. You had it right. Yeah, I was like, I was got a little insecure. Uh, you, there's no need to. And also, I'm. I've been a comic for quite a while, so I've heard every possible mispronunciation of my name from I- confused MCs. I'm just generally insecure about names, but I feel like when I look at your name on paper or on Twitter or wherever, it's like Matt, Matt Kirshen. I've had Kirshen, Kershaw, Karen. Have you had Kardashian yet? I haven't yet. You know what? That's a, I feel left out now. You, you make it some better traction if you changed it to Kardashian. I just I have it spell it the same way, but like it's pronounced Kardashian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, c- excuse me. <laughs> it is pronounced Kardashian. I can't believe I refuse to take 
the stage until you get it right. So, so Matt and I met after Thrilling Adventure Hour. That's a exactly long while yeah. ago. And we were hanging out with several people. Um, ben Acker uh, from Thrilling Adventure Hour. Uh, Rachel Porter, who's a great photographer and, and a lover of science. Yeah. Um, but the chick from Doctor Who. Karen Gillan. Yes. And I was like, this is crazy. And you were there and we were all having this conversation around. British stuff and yep. uh, all the ways that you can use the word piss, pisser, taking the piss. That's right, and it's very it's very context based. And I I remember even I think after we left, I thought of another three or four. Right, and then you emailed me yeah. or, like, <laughs> or tweeted, uh, texted me. It's like we missed these ones. It's, Take the piss, piss off. That needs to be a Wikipedia page. Pissed up. Pissed. <laughs> it's endless. It's an endlessly useful word in the British vernacular. That could be its own documentary. Yeah, pissed. I don't, I don't like every person from the... I, I would actually watch that. Like, if that was on Netflix... Would you be disappointed if you found out it was just about words? No, I mean, because you could say that in, like, the byline, but right. that would be interesting. Like, etymology geeks and stuff would... And that would be... Because yeah. it would be mostly you running around Europe, you know, in the UK, like, asking and kind of researching scholarly things and then going into pubs and stuff. I would watch Yeah, because I think the conversation started when we worked... When we, someone said that they were pissed, and it, I think it was one of the Brits, and they meant drunk. And you thought right. angry. Yeah. And because also when I talk to different people from the UK about these words, yeah. like you all kind of go into this, well, what, like, even a lot of never having thought about the immensity of this piss well, genre well, of language that it's, what? Well, there's, I'm now I'm thinking kink. <laughs> the, the piss genre of kink is, is... It's like a British version of piss play would be a whole other thing. It's like a, sh- like a drinking game. Drunk. Yeah, exactly. It's a drinking game. <laughs> oh, that's Which good. Which it could be yeah. with the other version as well. Where the that's... Germans are like, what do you mean? It's a pissing. <laughs> Why didn't you invite me? <laughs> as, as two sex educator researchers, etc., why do you think it is that Germany is so toilet-heavy compared to other countries when it comes to the kink thing? Like, toilet-heavy? That's a really great way to say that. Yeah. Oh, I, well, well, first off, there's, there's the... as as you know, Americans who are trying to be funny, I think uh-huh. picking on the Germans is just kind of easy for certain reasons. Right. Um, so there's the cultural paradigms or, or trends of like... Where pick- partly it just isn't, it's just easy to go, oh, those Germans. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then, so even with you saying it, it's even funnier because yeah. it's in a British accent. But the, but the idea of, I think, if I actually had to give you like a real reason, any society where there's like structure and decorum and things have to be very like, you know this you know we're gonna orderly yeah orderly then then things get when you look under the surface there's transgression it's kind of you know leaks out of the sides from the order being so tight and conformed right. like japanese culture is is amazing like that it's fascinating yeah. i just imagine it's like you take manhattan and you squish it out and it comes out the sides and you make la it's like in sex right. what a human is if you just squish it down and try and like, like a play-doh fun factory yeah, yeah and then just so people tend to fetishize the things that w- that are oppressed in the non-sexual sure world. like like in yeah. Brit, like like if you're gonna if you're gonna really deal with stereotypes like uh, in the uk to my to my the extent of my knowledge like sploshing is really big which is playing with food like sexually is that really big in the uk yeah well that's that's what i that's what i hear you know, so things where it's like you're not supposed to play with your food. Right, playing with the your stereotype food becomes... of the British banker or judge going to going to be spanked by a dominatrix. Yeah. Wait, have you heard of? Is it dogging? Have you heard of dogging? I have heard of dogging. Yeah. That's I had never heard of this, and now it's like a documentary. And yeah, you this watch is on Netflix. 
This seems to be like a animal lovers. You want to leave the room? <laughs> it, it's particularly a British suburban trait. Like, it, like it seems to exist mostly in the British suburbs amongst middle class ha- house. Maybe not. Maybe it's not quite as class based, but it seems to be very suburban. And it's having sex in cars in normally like in little lay-by areas uh, just off off of main roads. Uh, like things that are sort of parking places and picnic areas <laughs> during the day. And, and yeah, having sex in cars while other people stand around and look through the cars. Yeah, as, oh, is as, that so? Oh, I thought it was uh, outdoor sex, basically, but in No, it's, in specifically, parks and it's specifically car based. Yeah, it's in cars <sighs> with the idea that yeah. people will see you and then watch. Yeah, like, and like, maybe join in or maybe be part of it. Oh, is there kind of like a window system where if like the window's half down, you can just use your hands, and if it's all the way down, you can come yes, in. If I, the sunroof's open, just crawl in. Kind of I thing. once accidentally found myself like in a place when I was driving back again. When I used to tour the UK. I live over here now, and just driving back at uh, I can't remember what time it was like like one in the morning, and this was before I had an iPhone, uh, before iPhones were a thing, and I just I wasn't sure whether I was on the right road, so I pulled off the road to look at the map. And then I suddenly realized there were sort of cars just slowly circling this parking lot that was far fuller than it should be. And then every so often someone flashed their lights. And then I just, and then I saw a guy who was just jerking off in his car. And he wasn't, like, I'm not into guys anyway, but I think if I were, it wouldn't be that guy. Like, it was very much like, oh, that, no, I didn't need to... Oh, and was uh, he jerking off? Hope like imagining that you were doing this? No, he was jerking off like in a kind of like, like. He sort of jerking off, flipped his like lights on, saw a fairly like aghast (laughs) twenty something (laughs) guy looking back at him, and then flipped the light off, like the internal light off immediately. Mm -hmm. And I went, "Okay, well, that's what's going on there. Then have fun, guys." So it's not; it's also uh, solo play. It doesn't have to be two people in the car. I think he was hoping that those people would then, like other people, would see him join join in. Yeah, kind of. But I. Again, I, I I speak with limited expertise. So I'm, I'm worried about your very expert listeners kind of going. That's not what it is at all. But yeah, as far as I, I'm aware, it's specifically car based, mm-hmm. nighttime sex slash voyeur slash slash exhibitionist things. Right. Um. That is. I need to get some popcorn. I need to throw on my Netflix and watch this action because. So there's a documentary now about this. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's how I found out. It was like Great. this big story about dogging. Mm-hmm. Um. And I was just like, okay. And people were telling me about it at this place, and I was like, oh. It's like the Fast and the Furious, but w- with everybody parked. Yeah. <laughs> but still furious. <laughs> <laughs> and Vin Diesel. Yeah. I'd watch that. No. It gives a whole new meaning to like Tokyo Drift and all kinds of things. That's that's a hand play move. Exactly. <laughs> Tokyo drift. What would that? It's a good be? segue for, like, for him. That'd be like using the side of your hand to just kind of graze the genitals yeah. as you as you massage up the thigh. Pressure on with like uh, a back and forth <coughs> would be like the windshield wiper. Mm-hmm. You know. There you go. Uh, with the blinker. <laughs> Parking brake. Just pulling the cock back really sharply. Yeah. Ooh. With your thumb on the on the head. <laughs> Just a slight sounding, just like, just, <laughs> just, okay. Oh my God. So yes. Um, so Reed and I uh, went to Neil Strauss's house who, uh, last night, uh, to be on his serious uh, radio show. Neil Strauss is the writer of the game, um, and several, several other books. Oh, okay. Um, and it was a lot of fun. And then when we hung out, like one of the last segments, we hung out in his space room and, and he was asking me about, 
You remember when he asked me about? Um, or actually, all of us. Are you just gonna no, throw the phrase <laughs> before the the uh, mm. yeah before the shitting on my chest thing. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> before we even face. get onto that, I just we're just gonna throw out the phrase space room and assume yeah, yeah. everyone knows what that is. Yeah. It's just is a this room, a room with space or space me. It was great. We're all sitting at a kitchen table, basically, with recording stuff all around us. So, so Nil, for, for those of you who are listening who don't know who Neil Strauss is, um, one of his first books that got really big was The Game, where he's kind of a participant, observer, journalist, um, used to work for The Times, I think. Um, and then he, he was trying to figure out how to get better with girls and more confident. And he stumbled upon the pickup artist community, which at that point hadn't become a big thing. And then he, he wrote about his own journey. And then that book became a really big deal. Um, and he's since he, I think he he wrote worked, he worked with Jenna Jameson on her biography and Metallica. I yeah, think, he's worked with a lot of people on, on, their, on books. their biography. Um, and so he he likes to do his serious show recorded out of his house in Malibu. Um, and I know him from helping him work on a on a, his next book, which which will be coming out next year. Um, and so I, I had the pleasure of you know wanting it to go hang lovely. out with him, and I, and I dragged Sandra along for the ride. Uh, and then we were in a space room, and there was cellophane. And but, but the t- offer t- of- t- talk about talk about the whiskey and pickle juice shot. Um, okay. Is this Jameson whiskey and pickle juice? No, it's not. It's horrible whiskey okay. and just regular pickle juice. Because, because someone was telling me about this the other day. In fact, I found out about it because. I left uh, some pickled cucumber, like an, an empty jar, but still with pickle juice in the fridge. And someone had a go at me about it. I was like, oh, it's, you can use it for cocktails, I reckon. And yeah, then looked can. it up and then found out that, that my bluff was correct. Yeah. Definitely. So, so Neil got you to do a, a, a whiskey shot. Oh, we all did. Yeah, we whiskey. all did. But it was oh, fun yes. watching you get well, lured into the, the drink, drinking. Did I make the biggest face after? Like, blah, blah. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting face. But then, but then now to the spaceship room. Or the space room was downstairs, and how do, you, how do you describe it? I mean, it was like. Sorry, I I'm thinking about the pickle juice thing because I want to look up if pickle juice really does neutralize uh, the whiskey from a chemical perspective, like right? Or taste. like why? Because really, if you if you throw down some pickle juice, it just the whiskey becomes totally neutral. You don't, you don't taste the whiskey at all. Okay. It's really interesting. Like you don't feel anything. I mean, I felt it like in my stomach. That might like, work for was, swallowing too. Like. Like semen, like you just like do a shot of whiskey of uh, pickle juice. Um, I wonder if it's something like the way the acid affects your sinuses, or I don't know what it, I'm. I'm already realizing I have no no scientific right. knowledge for this. Which wait, your podcast? Did you mention your podcast? I didn't mention my podcast. Please tell us about it because I'm so excited that it exists in the world. Oh well, I do a I do a podcast called Probably Science with a couple of I, I was about to say with a couple of. St- other comedians with a science background, but one of them now lives in New York because he got cast on the Saturday Night Live, oh, but, cool. uh, which is great, which is wonderful, but we, it does mean we're a cast member down. Uh, so Brooks is no longer on the show, but it's me and Andy Wood. Brooks used to work in a biomedical lab. I had a math degree, and Andy was an engineer, and we're all comedians now, and we all still like science, but we don't know that much about it. So we get normally guest comedians on to go through the weekend science news, and sometimes guest scientists who actually know what they're talking about and they explain things amazingly uh, is, nice. did i say it? the name is called probably science is the yeah. name yes yeah so that's uh, that's okay. my show maybe because we were also tw- uh, texting about being on your show we'll just figure out this pickle juice whiskey phenomenon on the show on your show yeah. that makes great yeah. sense <laughs> i've got some jameson at home i've got that a jar of empty pickle juice there you or go. empty pickle free pickle save juice. that 
It's I valuable. Save it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but down the space room, which has got, I mean, there's a black light and it's covered in mattresses and like cool materials yeah. all and over the, the ceilings place. ceilings all got like the hanging uh, ornaments that feel like uh, planets and stars. And those little laser l- right. light, you know, star things from Spencer's gifts. Right. And uh, a, a, ch- sky mall. A, a small space suit that's been stuffed so it looks like an astronaut. Floating floating. Like how everything will look in the future. Yeah, right. No, or in kind or, of an opium den. Yeah, with a space right. <laughs> yeah, I'm all like, please tell me you have a vase of drugs <laughs> just here somewhere. And he's like, I should. Um, well, that, there was actually that bar that used to be a few blocks down from where we record, and now it's not there anymore. So it was like a hookah bar in the back. Like oh, yeah. A place at the front, and the back of that had this sort of exactly that same sort of spacey theme and the, the lights that put the little pinprick. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Did they, have the, did they have the stick on glow, glow stars? Remember the stars that oh, yeah. you could just stick those on the ceiling? And I think everyone, would... like, yeah, by the time you're 10 years old, I think, so I feel like every child needs to have some of those in their yeah. life. <laughs> so, like, your bedroom like becomes <laughs> actual space at night. Yeah. It's like there isn't even a ceiling. Yeah. It's not. It's just stars. It's magical. It's full of stars. <laughs> um, so you're in so the we're space. In this room. Sorry, no, I, I can't do that. I want to get to the subject at hand, you guys. <laughs> even though just pro- just even Your processing. Is like, Please get to yeah, the. Yeah, I want to talk about the hand. Like, uh, <laughs> just I feel like we should just jump straight to fisting almost. But um, <laughs> never jump. <laughs> Come on, right? You just just yeah. Yeah, popsy. Yeah. Yay, it's in. No, it's, right? it's easy, right? Slowly. Um, just like in the movies. It's just straight in. Yeah, just punch harder. Just punch harder. <laughs> oh, no. It's like a kung fu movie. Yeah. No, but it was cool because once we got in this room where it was kind of dark, like our conversation changed. But like, Neil was definitely asking a lot of like probing questions. And one of them, uh, well, one was, can I take a dump in your chest? And I was like, <laughs> actually, no, no. It was like, would you ever with cellophane wrap covering your body? Have uh, somebody take a poo on you. And I immediately, I'm like, yeah. Of course. Dep- I mean, of course, there'd be context to it. And then all of a sudden, like magically, this, this roll of saran wrap gets thrown into the, into the space room. Right, the audio engineer like ran down the stairs and just threw it at us. And I was <laughs> like just, a grenade. And then Neil was like, yeah, let's do this. I'm like, no. No, but that not. was funny. It was like, it was like well, Neil, like, do you think you could actually take a right. poo on someone? He's like, I don't think so. <laughs> Stage fright. Oh, I immediately, I'm like, oh, so that's what you're into. No, no, I'm just, we're not, we don't have the relationship. But thank you. Thank you for that. Anyway, um, but he asked about safe sex because he said that one of the questions that he or one of the things that people say about swinging and, and group sex um, in that conversation is they're like, well, you know, what about the safe sex? What about STDs? And uh, I ended up picking up the question and being like, well, for me, once I expanded sex to uh, also include other things like just how pleasurable just making out with someone and like using your hands on each other's genitals and just making each other feel really good. What can be satisfying sex and experience can really, I mean, it's a lot can happen with that and be Mm -hmm. wonderful. And, but I didn't actually get to, to hear, uh, like we kind of moved on from that, but I didn't get to hear yours, but I was just curious because I attended a hand sex class, um, that you taught a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciated that you, you had a class focused on, pleasure with hands yeah so you want to talk about it i I see your face you're like oh things yes but yeah tell me everything um well no because hands are underutilized i think in in that if you if you think about you know i'm i'm in my 40s now and then certainly anybody who's anybody now has grown up anybody younger than me has grown up with the internet for the most part if you had access to the internet your whole Mm -hmm. life so a lot of people, especially visual learners, are getting all their visual cues about sex from porn. 
And porn doesn't feature a lot of hand sex unless it's just like finger banging. Yeah. You know, and maybe a quick boob cop. Um, but boob cop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have a whole like RoboCop boob cop tonight on boob cop. Um, but, the, you know, the, we don't teach people how to use our hands as, you know, devices of pleasure. Mm-hmm. And, and there's so much that you can do to create sensation and engage with people in, in sensual ways that don't have to do with, you know, whipping your dick out or, you know, shoving your fingers in somebody's holes. Mm-hmm. And, and for me as a sex educator and as a geek, like if you can give people more options than just these, you know, standard two or three that, you know, for the most part we see in porn, um, you know, you know, tab A goes into slot B kind of stuff with more options comes also more self-confidence because you have more things that you can do with each other and more things that you can invite people to engage in. So if, if I'm a no for us actually having any kind of like penetrative, you know, intercourse, well, I'm like, well, how about like, would you like a hand job or would you like me to play with your clit? Or, you know, how about we just make out and kind of grope each other and dry hump in fun ways? Like there's so many other things that you can do to create more pleasure and, and more diversity, which can leave the people that you're playing with impressed because they're like, oh my God, like I didn't realize there were so many other things we could be doing. Right. So you get to open people's eyes up and hands are really useful. Yes, but for even, I think the thing that bothers me is that so many people don't even, how do they even get to that point? Because the skills aren't really there and like, people aren't practicing yeah. and no one's really role modeling that. But like, because like when I talk to just someone about things like, hey, how do you feel about giving handjobs, receiving handjobs, that sort of stuff. I mean, we had a handjob episode like two years ago on this show. Uh-huh. And like, that was the thing. No one, I never get like, yeah, handjobs. I always get like, oh, handjob, you know? And I think, you know, I would be somewhere around the billionth person to point this out, but there is, there is always that thing that like I've... I got pretty good at jerking myself off. I don't want to brag, but like I've really got the knack of it. And uh, bragger, I know, right? Will you show us? Yeah. Uh, well, let me refer you to my webpage. Go to <laughs> mattkirshen.com slash handjob. Yeah. And click on the <laughs> forbidden tab and uh, and type in the password, which will be provided on my Twitter account. Uh, but no, it's um like there there is that thing of going. I I'm alright at it. Like I I can't. I can't reach me with my mouth and I don't have the shape and I don't have other genitals that I can put around me unless I'm using someone else mm-hmm. with their permission kindly. Uh, but it's, uh, but I do have two hands and I know what I'm doing with them. But the, and but the, the person I'm with has two hands. But the biofeedback of somebody else touching your cock is, I mean, I wouldn't other first one. If anybody touches my cock in a nice way, Mm-hmm. You know, not like kicking me in the groin or anything, mm-hmm. but like, no, no high fives. like if you actually yeah, no high fives, like, oh, but like you actually like are playing with my genitals. Like, first off, I feel really happy because in seventh grade, being the dorky fat seventh grader, I didn't think anybody would ever touch my genitals yeah. for fun. So there's one, just the excitement of like, oh, my God, somebody's playing with my junk. But two, like it feels completely different when somebody else touches me versus when I touch myself. Oh, I, I get, I get that. But it, I know to me, it still feels a bit like, oh, this is great, awesome. This stuff's happening. What's next? Like I, mm-hmm. I don't. But the, but and this is where it's fun, like for playing with with hand sex, right? Because 
So, so okay, so <clears throat> man to man, right? Yeah, okay, great. You, so you're touching my penis, but there's I can touch my penis, so what else can we do? Yeah. And when you start like getting really geeky about how you can get people to engage the rest of their body and their musculature into sexual play. So for me, like something that's really fun is because I like pressure, I like weight on me. Um, I'll often have my friends who want to play with my penis. I'm like, well, you sit, sit on my chest, like give me your body weight. Because one, I get to look at your ass, which to me is hot. Um, not yours specifically, Matt, although I'm sure you have a fine <laughs> if ass. If you go to mattcushion.com slash ass. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the, you know, so, so one, it's, it's exciting because I'm getting to look at somebody's ass. So that's visually stimulating for me. Two, the weight of them on me, um, it gives me something for me to be able to push against. Uh-huh. And that, me using my musculature to push against their weight is having me engage my pelvic floor muscles. Mm-hmm. In a, in a way that allows me to get more pleasure from inside my pelvis. Like, geeky things like that, augmenting and leveraging what the body's capable of, then that hand job becomes a level of sensation I can't access myself unless, you know, because of biofeedback. Plus, I would need to, like, get, like, some heavy object and actually put it on my chest. Right. And I wouldn't get the ass effect of, of watching the ass. Right. Just being able to do so much more and experience so much more. Although it'd be fun to watch you like have a couple cinder blocks on your chest. That would be interesting. Like some bad martial art. <laughs> right. I'm going to break these cinder blocks with a sledgehammer while we jerks himself off. Or just getting a particularly bulky laptop. <laughs> like an old Dell. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dell is not but, one of our sponsors. But I appreciate that because it's true. It's it's. I remember... Like, I remember a point where I was like, yeah, you can do that. I could do it. I can give you a hand job or, and for me, like I can usually touch myself with my hands uh, more effectively than someone else just sort of like getting in the game right then can, you know, be like, oh, hello, Saunders Volvo. Like, let me poke yeah. it around. But the, but since the point where I was like, oh, hand jobs, that's, I'm a little unsure about this or like, oh, let me try and do exactly like you're doing. Like there's so much you can do with your hands, especially with lubes and pressures and things. And it's not just about genitals though too, right? Like, cause, cause I can, so let's say that like for, for lack of, of whatever the situation. So, so Sandra's gonna, gonna straddle my hips. Maybe I'm in my underwear, whatever we're going to do for safer sex, right? But you're basically sitting on top of my cock, but you have your hands to use on the rest of my body. You know, my nipples aren't particularly sensitive, but if other people's nipples are or, you know, using your fingernails like to kind of drag on people, you know, you can use your hands to create pleasure and engage the rest of the body, which helps people get out of this mindset like sex has to be a particular way, Uh you know, and and then all of a sudden, you know, if your partner flips you over onto your stomach is sitting on your back and then using the tips of their fingers to like massage your butt crack right where you know your butt crack stops right, and your genitals spicy. yeah where it gets <laughs> spicy or well that's different depending on what you had for lunch um, <laughs> but but like like for me like if you're gonna play with my you know, like when people massage your legs and you're like you're kind of secretly hoping that their thumbs just graze your genitals <laughs> you know but you're like oh it'll never happen in a real massage um, you can use your hands to create all that tension and excitement and pleasure. And use that as, as, you know, foreplay before the, you know, culturally approved foreplay of oral sex. 
you know, and, and, and I just think that we just don't talk about hands and they become underutilized and you can have a way to not only create pleasure, more pleasure for your partner, but also to give you more choices and stuff to, to play with people and engage with them in, in interesting ways. Yeah. I, I take mental notes if I ever, like once in a while I'll have a professional massage and like any time they're like doing like, like oh, when they pull the legs away from your pelvis or when they like press into like you know, your butt cheeks or like where, wherever they're like pressing or pulling and I go, Oh, I like that. Gotta do that. It's just, it's. We- do you ever walk on someone's back? No, I'm afraid I want to kill them a little bit. I mean, as a child. You've walked on my back before, haven't you? Maybe it wasn't like, like a catalyst con or something when I needed because that again, like I need my back cracked, but right. I'm a big guy and not everybody can, you know, is the right height to kind of like try to snap my back. But I find when people walk on me, that works really well. I don't have a memory specifically of doing that. I think would that be foot, foot sex then? We're talking about hand sex, <sighs> unless you can Wait, do a handstand. A handstand, I'm like that. I have not had done. Ooh, that sounds. Cartwheels. You know circus people, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rocky terrain. Just going over someone's back with your hands. I don't have the core strength for that. But, you know, <laughs> Pilates, more Pilates. Catch me in, in the fall. In the side note, has there ever been a male porn star called Rocky Terrain? Ooh, Ooh. get on it, listeners. <laughs> I'm doing them right. So now. what? So okay. So back back to hand jobs then, yeah. Matt. Um, Okay. What do you feel? How, what are your thoughts on nut play? <laughs> uh, speaking personally, yeah. Uh, no, speak for all of British. I speak people. for all man, all British men. Well, as you all know, British men. Speak men's... for Ireland too? No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Irish would be furious about yeah, that. The Irish, if your Irish listeners would be up in arms about that. Exactly. Um, it tickles me. Well, all British, all British people's nuts are sacks are made of leather, as you well know, uh, <laughs> and they're carried in an attaché case. Uh, but uh, no, I, I like certain like gentle nut play, but my I don't I think my nuts are quite sensitive, so I've had people before sort of go, "Hey, let's do." I'm like, "No, no, be careful with that." That's light. far too much. Yeah. So for for the for the. For the listeners out there who like who are interested in playing with other people's nuts, because I think for those of us who own scrotums, yeah. we're but I kind think of that probably adept. goes for it or any and all genitals. Is you know, if you're considering like gentle or fairly heavy, so like start start with gentle first, and then always it's easier to scale up. Right, yeah. I, just, I just treat it like up. a like a really delicate. It's like a animal. baby chick. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Or, or a Jenga just, piece. A Jenga piece. <laughs> just, oh, man. just try it first. Jenga. Yeah. <laughs> this week on Scrotum Jenga. And they go, pull. oh, this one's going. I think yeah. I'm going to continue with this. And then you flick it to like, yeah. put it on the other side. No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no right? It's not. That's no, not, that's not, not never flicking. And then you put it on top of the stack. <laughs> and then it passes to the next it's person. Like <laughs> penis origami. Um, and when the cock falls down, everyone loses. Yeah. <laughs> or wins. Yeah. Or wins. Depending. But I do like your 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 initial note of like go slow, be gentle. Um, I'm a big proponent of you know for when in doubt, you know if it's appropriate to use lube, um, always use lube. Like, and I was never a big like for me as a masturbator, I was never a, was somebody who used a lot of lube. Um, but now I'm, I'm, I'm going through my lube phase now. Oh, really? Well, like even for me, like I'm, I'm finding out that I like, I like my lovers playing with my scrotum and it feels a lot better if, if, if it's kind of lubed up, Mm -hmm. um, and nice and slippery and, and there's a lot of fun there. And what's interesting is that, that, that 
the tissue and the nerve endings of your scrotum are very similar to the labia mm-hmm. um, for vulvas. And so, you know, the idea of you create more sensation when there's lube and having things be slippery and there's less like, like friction and drag, um, although tugging can be fun when done correctly. Um, so I'm in this whole phase of like, you know, telling my lovers when they're playing with my balls, I'm like, hey, can, here's some lube. Can you add that? And that slipperiness, I, I certainly enjoy. It creates a lot of, of sensation. Silicone or water-based oil? Um, I'm a, I like water-based so much. Um, I don't like that silicone feeling of needing to go shower and use soap to mm-hmm. get the, wow, I have lube on my balls feeling. Like that whole rest of the day, I've got lube on my nuts. For me, it doesn't work. I, I know everyone's different. And I'm, I'm making them like, I have feelings face. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that some people are like, I need to go wash it off. Or yeah, I'm just like, a, well, I'm a little bit more slippery now. You know, like, yeah. Well, what do you like? Mm, I'm coming out of a really hardcore silicone phase. Yeah. So now I'm kind of like, it's anyone's game. It just depends. Oh, I'm, uh, well, I'm still coconut oily, you know? I'm, I'm really into Yeah, coconut, coconut oil, oil for me, it still has that residual, I just have, I have slippery stuff on my genitals mm-hmm. um because it's not condom safe it's gonna be yeah well the condom safe isn't isn't a problem it's just as long as you're not you know trying to have penetrative condom condomy type latex sex right like, it's just hand play yeah but still like for me like if i'm gonna go jerk off in the bathroom and then pull up my pants and get back to work and then i'm squirming around feeling like i still have stuff on on my nuts which i don't like like leaving an oil patch on your seat yeah exactly like you're a rusty car <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's really funny. Um, it's better than when people lean up against a wall in like a waiting room and you see like, and then they come back and it's like an oil slick. Like, or when you're taking wall. the train or the bus and there's like the ah! the hair grease mark okay. on the window. Yeah, no, no, yeah. <laughs> but for your butt. Oh man, um, what are your favorite hand? Like Matt, yes. if someone is going to use just their hands, like, or if they're not okay, yeah, with, I don't, I don't with want to be oral. too like I don't want to be too down on people doing that. There's like. Like, would you be it's okay still, with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You wouldn't be like, no, let's just make out, or like, let's just go make a salad, <laughs> you know, or like anything no, else. No, no, I totally have, and I've, I've totally enjoyed it, but there's also been other times, and again, again like, again, I, I never want to be down on anyone who's doing, like, who's doing something, like, if anyone's doing anything in my genitals, great, good for you, and thank you very much, and it's nearly always an enjoyable experience, but there is sometimes that feeling of, you know, if you're sort of watching... Like, like a, a trainee doing a job, you're like, oh, just give it here, I'll do it. Like, like <laughs> I don't know. but is that because they're not doing a good job, or because I, th- I think it's no, I think it's partly just selfishness on my part. It's me partly going like, oh, I, I know what selfishness and inability to accurately communicate exactly what it is that I want done. Yeah, like sometimes, like you know, you try going. You'll try sort of going, hey, maybe do this, or maybe do that, or even like touching the hands and guiding them. And then sometimes it's like you sort of go, um, now me. Mm-hmm. Why would you other ever things? tried showing them on their arm? Like where you just, like, is it okay if I touch you? Yeah, of course it is. Like if, so instead of like showing them on your penis, just be like on their arm, be like like this, you know, so that they have like a tactile sensation of That's both. a very good idea. Yeah, I, fi- I found like most of the time, if someone has been doing that to me, it's easiest like me putting my hands over their hands. 
works quite well. But then, and then sort of taking it off and then going on doing other things while they're doing almost like, like if you're a tennis pro, like you get behind them and you, you, you put your hands on on their yeah. hands and you show them the proper wrist. I'm so alignment. glad you said tennis pro because pro, the only analogy I could think of was like a dad running behind a kid on a bicycle <laughs> and that's fun. No. <laughs> now go free. <laughs> I hope hope that I don't crash into a hedge. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome with the banana seat and the whole thing, and lube. And now we're back to lube. Yeah, it banana is totally. seats and lube. I'm just could enjoying. You, could you like fix a bike with would lube work? I don't know. We, I'm sure you've got bicyclist listeners. If you've got keen cyclists, oh, so- would. Would silicone lube work well to oil a chain? S- silicone lube would works yeah. for oiling a chain. Silicone lube's good for hair, for I, to get yeah, rid of the I'm, frizzies. Nina Hartley uh, takes a small dollop and swallows it if she's constipated. <laughs> she I didn't said, know that. She said that in a college class once, and like it was just this two hundred people in this room, and I just like from the back you hear me go, <laughs> and like no one's like, just everyone's so, stunned, and you're just like, that's awesome. <laughs> of course that would work. <laughs> <laughs> lube you up. Oh, anyway. Remember that yeah. silicone lube, everyone, not a silicone butt plug. Right. <laughs> Don't swallow the butt plug. No. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, Read. what are at least two hand moves that you wish that people had in their arsenal for when pleasuring someone, whether male or female? Well, the first thing I would say is that most people touch too fast. Mm-hmm. Um, the analogy when I when I teach hand sex and some other classes is, um, you know, if you're driving down a now we're back to dogging. Um, if you're driving down a, a country road, you know, looking for a place to pull off and you know flash your lights. Um, if you drive too fast, you can't read the street signs. Mm-hmm. So you know, our our human brain works better at certain speeds for intaking sensation and information. So when you're touching people, if, if you go slower, you're able to pick up more information and they're able to feel more sensation than if you're going really fast. And there's a time and a place for intense stimulation, but that's not usually what helps people get into their bodies and start shifting their brain over to their parasympathetic nervous system, which is where you want to be for creating more pleasure and, mm-hmm. and orgasm. Um, if orgasm is your goal, it doesn't always have to be. So first I would say people need to slow down more and learn how to listen to the right speed to be touching because you'll, you'll pick up better information and cues from people. You'll also be generating more sensation and pleasure and helping people get into the right frame of mind that would be the first thing and i think the second thing around hand hand sex and creating pleasure with people's genitals is i would say use lube because i'm i mean it's important for, for me as a sex geek that i don't always use lube i just need to remember like it it allows for so much more sensation period especially on vulvas and clitorises but also on cocks and nuts and everything else. Like, so, I mean, scrotum, not just nuts. I just thought of, like, right. actual mixed nuts. Outside, different. inside, inside, outside. Yeah. Mm. So, so those, those are the two things I would say basics. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Um, Reed, I know you need to run out of here. Um, where can people find you out in the world? Uh, readaboutsex.com, R-E-I-D, aboutsex.com. And then uh, relationship10x.com is my uh, geeky website for some free relationship geekery and and a whole course you can take and for those of you who love las vegas Hmm. viva las vegas um valentine's day weekend 2014 and hopefully every year after that an annual event (gasps) 
that weekend we'll be dorking out live on relationship geekery <clears throat> by day, and then at night you can go and explore and have fun with all of Vegas. So if you want to come to Vegas and hang out with some some sex geeks and learn a bunch of fun stuff, and then party at night, come to Vegas. Relationship 10X live. <laughs> oh, when you said live, it looked like you were going to mouth the, the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be like, and then just gag and die. It's like, oh, that's a shame. What a weird way for him to suddenly end his life. Go through, go through his bag and see if he has any lube. Let's take it. Uh, Matt, do you want to stick around and chat for a little bit? I can stick around and chat yeah. for a bit. Why don't we do oh, that? Oh, man, now I'm like, oh, you guys are going to talk it and have fun without me. It Matt, it was really nice meeting you. It's really nice meeting you as well. We have people in common. We do know people in common. Besties. Uh... Besties forever. I'll stay in touch. Let's do that. Cool. High five now. <laughs> that was, it was so good. We like had to line up and like make sure we're gonna not fuck it up. <laughs> I just like being the dominatrix of high fives. Like <laughs> That's right. you're just the high five top. Yeah. Chanel was the high fiving. <laughs> Chanel. What? Back to the Germans. Schnell. Schnell. Is that a German word? Yeah. It Look quick. it up. Yeah, it looks. It means now. Quick. Hurry up. Oh. Schnell. But you have to say it that way. Schnell. <laughs> if you just say Schnell, it, it, people are like what? Schnell. No. <laughs> Schnell. Uh, I, uh, Reed, thank you for <laughs> thank you for joining us <laughs> for ruining this entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Gotta go. Uh, Read Mahalko, everyone. Huh? Now leaving. List. <laughs> <Ding>. <laughs> Oh my god, Matt. Matt, we're alone. Thank god he's gone, right? <laughs> what a dick. Right? God, pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. <laughs> Imagine this just turned into just, just us having a go at just one of the nicest human beings. Just, fuck that guy! <laughs> See the way he was looking at us? Mean. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't remember. <clears throat> Finger banging. Is something that I would just want to talk about. Like, uh-huh. Matt, you you grew up in the UK. Yes. Right? We call finger banging fingering. <laughs> there's no there's no banging in in the British vernacular. Wait, the phrase banging is not used for for anything? Well, I mean it would be, but like finger banging we we just say fingering rather than finger banging. Okay, because it's bangers and mash. I think everyone would know what it was meant. Like I mean everyone would definitely know what it meant, but but if if you want to sound British, just just go with fingering. I'm just realizing that bangers and mash yeah. is a breakfast, right? Or no, no it's, a, it's, a meat, it's a mashed potatoes and sausage. Is it? Yeah, and bangers and mash is normally like a lunch or dinner time. That's right. That's Whereas, cool. yeah, bangers like sausages as part of a cooked breakfast would be breakfast thing. Because like banger and mash sounds like what you do to someone that you know on a first date or yeah. like. You know, like, yeah, knocking boots, banger and mash. Or just like a terrible 80s rap duo. <laughs> what was your perception of fingering back in the day? Because for me, like, as a young, t- like, a teenager, mm-hmm. and, like, understanding, like, what goes on when you're playing around, I just remember fingering being this thing, finger banging. See, I think with porn becoming more and more popular... Yeah. And something so widely available, it became like more violent seeming. 
<laughs> so I think finger banging was a later term that I started calling it. Um, so fingering was back in the day, but it just always seemed like this odd thing where like someone puts a finger inside you and then just like wiggles it around a lot, you know? Yeah, well, I, I know, certainly the first few times and probably a fair number of times after that, there was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but this is fun. <laughs> I... T- oh. I- I think she might be enjoying it. I'm definitely... This is the weird thing that... that I don't have one of these. <laughs> oh, I guess it would be that. Like, what? what is this thing? How do I interact with this new thing? Yeah, I, I, like, if, if you're sort of asking how it felt, I think was mostly going through my mind any time that was happening was, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I'm touching it. <laughs> was it surprising what it felt like? Yeah, I think... Try, I, I have a fairly... Yeah, like like that specific sense, like combination of sensations, like because there was there was hair and there were like things like with different textures and there was some kind of moisture, liquidy thing, and, mm-hmm. and then there was like an opening, but there was another opening, and it was and like the bit of me that had seen diagrams and seen pictures were like oh no i know what's going on there but still it's like oh where's things he's looking at a map versus actually going yeah. through the terrain looking at a map or a picture or a photograph versus actually yeah so yeah i i remember that feeling and i remember it was great like it was great it was a turn on it was also like and like i said it was also like oh <laughs> uh and i think that stayed for a while yeah now you're like oh um no, it's Bash. still it's still always particularly when you're with someone for the first time. You know, like, at, like any time you do anything, even just kissing someone for the first time. I say even like kissing someone, great, but like kissing someone for the first time, still like oh yeah, this is cool. <laughs> and I hope that feeling doesn't go away. Like, no, kissing someone like kissing someone you're in a relationship with is still is cool and it's a turn on, particularly in the in different situations. Kissing's great. Yeah, you know what? I think kissing gets boring when you keep doing the same kissing. All the time. But if you mm-hmm. try new kinds of kisses, that tingle comes back when you're like, let me try kissing in a different way. Or in different scenarios or while saying different things. What does that mean? Like upside downsies? Like Spider-Man kissing? That'd be fun. Yeah. Although I wonder if that would work. Like, like it looked cool in the film, but when the mouth is the other way up, I wonder if there'd be a bit of like, ah, oh, hang on, the geography is all wrong on this one. Because hmm. I've done, you know, like sometimes... If your partner's just lying in bed and you're sort of sat above them, you sort of lean over and kiss them, it's a bit... Ah, it's weird. Like, things are upside down. Why is the nose not there? (laughs) Huh. Yeah, I guess there's a chin. I I enjoy that a lot because it's... it's, it's, The sensation is so similar yet so different. It's like like kissing a new person with an Mm -hmm. upside-down mouth. Right, yeah. Yeah, Different species. Right. Hmm. Um, but getting back to the finger banging thing, it's yeah, we're going way off topic. We're in the wrong part of the body. Yeah, no, this is, we can't talk about kissing. Gross. Yeah, that's where cooties come from. Oh, it's I don't know. I guess it's just been on my mind lately. Is how how wonderful using your hands can be, and yet how it's perceived as such. It's a, just a lower art form than oral sex and and intercourse. It's just. Like, I wish it could elevate it somehow in terms of the value of living pleasure. I mean, Reed was right about, yeah, I mean, you can use it to wake up people's bodies, create sensation over the body. Yeah, and I've been a bit down on it on this episode. And I, I, I have definitely had some great experiences where only hands are involved. Uh, yeah, but it's, but it, I don't know, I think it's a skill set. I guess, because I've had 
times when like someone was using their hands on me, I'm like, oh God, just let me take, just just yeah. rub my back or something, you know. So like I, it's not like like I understand why it would be like, get out of the way, let me handle this, yeah, ladies. Um, yeah, if it, it feels like it feels partly like it's like hand play is struggling just because it's facing competition from both you yourself and all the other things you could do with that person. So it's facing competition from oral sex or from penetrative sex or whatever else. It's like the red-headed stepchild of, of sex acts. Yeah, or like, you know... Uh, hand play. Hand pleasure. I just realized how hot it is in here. Are you it's, hot? It's very hot. Yeah, I'm kind of sweaty. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Is this just like preamble to us all doing the show naked? Sometimes... <laughs> In a big glass, I don't know if you know the studio, it's like, and it's got this big glass windows that overlook a comic book store and Sunset Boulevard. Oh, that'd be fun, just a topless dance party in the windows, just like a meltdown, like, and like a velvet rope downstairs where no one can come up. It just looks like we're having the best time in here. Actually, we're just (laughs) podcasting and having a great time. Oh, I love it. No, I... Like, I feel like there needs to be PSAs about how great. Okay. Like, yeah, and and again, like I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying this so you can give the many, many counter examples which you have and and Reed has as well. Yeah, it's from the time that I was not particularly confident with my hands, right, right, or just like I'm gonna give you a hand from now because I don't know what to do. I guess I should put my mouth on it because you seemed like that, you know. Or right. um, that's some- another thing, by the way. That's again what Reed, what Reed was saying about lube is I think important because without that. And without then using your mouth, there's a lot of dryness and dry skin to get skin contact after a while, particularly from someone who doesn't have nerve endings attached to your own brain, so you they don't know what is and isn't pleasurable immediately without you letting them know. Like that can get painful and uncomfortable quite quickly. So oh, lube exactly. Yeah. So if there's no mouths involved, lube. In Lube is great. I have a when I use my hands more than any other play within the person's body, for some reason, in my mind, or when I teach my teach classes, I'll do the sounds out loud. But like in my mind, I'm making like um, like robot noises and stuff like yeah, like the guy from Police Academy. Oh, I haven't seen that in so long. Right, this is the guy who make sound effects for everything he does. Well, he does that. He does, that was part of his stand up show. He did that. Oh, he, really? Yeah, he still tours as a stand up comic and does all the sound effects. Like they. They saw him doing all those sound effects and all that stuff, and they took him on, and they went, hey, do that on, a, on our film. Oh, I love stories about how everything happens like that. Yep. No, that would be fun, actually, to do sound effects for sex, during sex. But it always throws people off. Like, I do it in classes, and I get, like, laughs, but I really am like, no, really, this is what the sound that's in my head. Like, have, you, have you ever, la- like, has humor ruined sex for you before? Or like a situation like, okay, this is fun or funny, but we're going to have to stop for a bit. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like if someone says something funny and I just start laughing, the minute that I start laughing... Yeah, you're like, okay, we're going to have to regroup. It's like the louder I laugh, the harder my vagina like slams shut. Right. And I was just like, no. And so I just have to hop off and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's penetrative, you know? Yeah. Or, like, if it's, I guess, some, like, nipple play or something, which it's, it's like, what ticklish suddenly becomes pleasurable. Uh-huh. Like, when I'm turned on, like, just when your body lights up and, like, suddenly everything feels different. See, the minute I start laughing, it goes back to ticklish. See, I hate being tickled in any situation. Like, I'm super ticklish. 
Okay, so on and top I, of all and that, I get no joy from being tickled. But when you're turned on, are you able to? I think you're, my. I think you're right. In that certainly, when I'm turned on, my tolerance, like whatever that threshold is between tingle and tickle, that changes. But I have a really, really low ticklish threshold. So has laughter thrown you off your game in the sack? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, there's the most notable time, and this is a story that I. I've told on stage many times like it just became it became a bit like after like okay well this is not gonna not be a stand-up bit uh but there was one occasion where I was with someone that I was seeing we were in a hotel room and we had the radio playing as the like just for music because that was the only music player we had Mm -hmm. this was at two in the morning and we had a normal radio station playing and then and uh out of nowhere in the middle of otherwise regular songs the dj put on the chase music from the benny hill show <laughs> i love it so, like the full on like yeah. uh, i was i was in the middle of i was going down on her at the time and then that happened and then um, you started running through slamming doors you, you, at first you speed up but it's uh, <laughs> you can't you can't you're just not, fingering just suddenly you fingering. no you got to like you know in this it's just poor form to laugh in a woman but it's <laughs> it's you, you have to stop like we both we both started laughing and we both went right we're we're stopping for a bit right <laughs> but like if you can take that laughter and move that momentum into like just sort of pouncing you know um during that it can it can be hot again it can but here's the thing like they didn't just play it for ten seconds. Like he played the full like the full song. So even there was like that initial laugh as we both went, No, this is ridiculous. And then the song continued to play for another three and a half minutes. So <laughs> we like, well, you can turn off the radio, right? Or you're like, No, this is my jam. But it was just like yeah. Mm. <laughs> and the only other options for music as well. Like it it was there were like four stations that the T it was you know, like some old school hotels have like a TV where at the end of the TV stations there were like four radio stations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like that. And one of them was Radio 4, which is basically NPR in Britain. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't really want to listen to uh, an investigation on Rwanda when things are really going, obviously. But like, I can't get into it. I'll flick over to the Rwanda story like right when it's like, bam! But <laughs> Little Ira Glass, little Michelle Norris. Yeah, exactly. Yours. No, it doesn't do it for you. And I can't remember what the other two stations were, but they were both, like, terrible. You don't I mean, we could have had no music as well. I don't know why that didn't even occur to us, like, just turn off the damn thing. Or you could hum or sing. Yeah. <laughs> Pull out a banjo. <laughs> I um, believe I forgot my ukulele and the radio station's playing Benny Hill. This is the... Um, I have just been in an absolute goofy state this week, and recording today has been hilarious, and I'm just sort of, like, highly entertained by you and having read in the show, so thank you so much for coming out and joining, thank you. and I'm so glad to finally have you on the show. Yeah, thank you very much. You've got to come on us. Oh, I can't wait. I love the science things. Excellent. Yes, all sorts of people who are kind of know about science. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, just watching three people who studied it 15 years ago bluffing their way through a subject. Right, well, do you guys ever drink before a show? I very rarely do. Okay, because of the pickle whiskey shots that we talked about. We could do so one. We could do one of those. Interesting. I just find like if I like even before a stand-up show, I never. I'll take my first drink of this night onto the stage if I'm going to drink that night. 
Like, mm. I'll, I'll get a bid just right. before I'm introduced and then bring that on. So I'll only like, slowly went my way through that over the course of my set. Okay, so you don't but just, like, pop a shot. Yeah, no, uh, so many of my friends are really perfectly able to do comedy in various different stages of inebriation, but I just know I start to slur my speech, or words just come a little bit slower to me, and I just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't like that fuzziness. It feels like feels like driving with a handbrake on. Right. So we'll have, like, tiny little pickle whiskey little shots. Pickle whiskey shot. Okay. Well, we could do it at the end of the episode. That's true. Oh, Matt, where can people find you out in the world? They can find me, uh, oh, in all the usual social media places, so Twitter, at Matt Kirshen, Facebook, slash Matt Kirshen, mattkirshen.com's my website, where all those things are linked, and, uh, you'll probably get the spelling wrong, but if you Google my name, it's weird enough that I'm the only suggestion. Huh. So that, like, particularly if you, if you, I think even if you search English comedian Matt, I come up in the first couple of options. Really? Because, I don't know, there's just not that many of us out here. Nice. So, yeah, find me on those, and uh, probably... I I shouldn't have picked a name for a podcast that I can't pronounce properly on the radio. Uh, probably Science is my show. It's so fantastic. please give that a listen. Ah, oh, excellent. Thank you. And don't be put off giving people handjobs, because I was a bit down on it. Oh, no, not at all. You were totally open-minded and everything. Well, thank you. Yeah, we all have our opinions and our feelings about the things. Yeah. Sex positive means you're open-minded and you're able to talk about the things and not be too judgy. Um, but that doesn't mean you don't get to like have pros and cons about the things. Oh, well, there we go. You, off air, you'd be surprised at the things that I say about sex. It's I mean, horribly bigoted as well. <laughs> just, just racist, worst. so racist. And the homophobia. <laughs> I was shocked. Uh, anyway, uh, guys, go team fun. In your pants. With your hands. High five. High five. Yeah. High five. That was in our pants as well. That was weird. That was <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> now leaving Nerdist.com. 